All right, so we're gonna talk about the most game-changing marketing tools that at least we're using right now and you can be using to level up your marketing. So I'll go ahead and start first. So the first one is opus.pro, O-P-U-S.pro. So like, for example, Neil and I were recording live right now. Let's say we go for two hours or so. We take the two-hour episode, we upload it to Opus. It'll give us viral headlines and it'll come up. It'll also... Uh, make these one-minute captions as well that you can upload the shorts, and it'll also rate it on a scale of the one one to one hundred from a scale of one to one hundred in terms of how viral it will go. There's a free trial for it. We talked about it before. I don't think enough people use this type of stuff, and um, I actually have another one in a second, but I'm gonna let Neil go next. What do you use for dubbing? Rask.ai, R-A-S.ai. We use the same thing, but we find it's not perfect. Rask is one. There's actually another tool. That I showed the team, but um, but going with dubbing, what we end up doing with dubbing that you guys should check out with all your um, content when you're creating content like this, you can do it in so many different languages, and it's a great way to just get more views. But it is a big hit or miss, and what I mean by that is we try all the different languages like Hindi, Portuguese, Brazil, uh, Spanish for Spain, or Italian or French. Uh, focus on France. And the reason I make these differentiation because, you know, speaking Spanish in Mexico is a little bit different than Spanish in Spain. Um, but when we dub the content, what we find is in some regions it's a hit and some regions it's not. I'm not talking about videos or audio in which the files are like hit or miss. I'm talking about when we dub 10, 20, 30 of them, in some countries it just doesn't perform well and some people end up loving it. When you're doing video dubbing, what we're finding is because the mouth doesn't move is just at the same time as uh, the dub, it just, it looks funny. Uh, Eric thinks that it'll be fixed soon. Maybe within 12 months, someone will fix it. Uh, But you should definitely consider dubbing your content. It's a great way to get more views. Keep in mind it's a hit or miss. So the regions it's working in those languages do more. The ones that it's not, don't waste your time doing it. Another one I have over here is, um, well, you know, we've been using Beehive. So B-E-E-H-I-I-V.com. For your newsletter? For newsletters, yeah. yeah. This is created from the original CTO of Morning Brew. And um, they're they're shipping really quickly. And they have a lot of f- sub-features in there that are super interesting. There's the ability for you to sell ad space on your ad uh, on a CPA basis. So basically, you can people can bid on your newsletter and they'll pay you like a hundred sorry a dollar and fifty cents or three dollars for an email that comes from your newsletter and so they basically created their own little ad platform or ad network i should say and uh it's been a lot of people have been using that and i think it's called beehive boosts so they have a lot of interesting features and they're doing email the right way and i think the email industry hasn't been pushed like it's being pushed right now and i think that's super exciting yeah uh and a quick question for you on Beehive is, what's your results been? Because you've been using it for like, what, three, four months now? Uh-huh. Maybe longer? Mm-hmm. What, about the, what are the results so far? Results in terms of? Like ROI, because you're doing all the newsletters. So stuff. we get, okay, so our newsletter is small, right? We've, we've pruned it. I think it's like maybe, I don't know, 20, 25,000 people. Um, and our target each month is to aim for... 40 free consultations a month from our email list. And we haven't been putting many dollars into growing it yet. We're about to turn that on. So I would say, yeah, that is our target that we've been aiming for. And we've been hitting it. Cool. Another tool that's worth checking out is Mail Motto. I could be saying it wrong, but uh, my team and I use this for AMP-based emails or interactive-based emails. Mail Motto? Motto? M-A-I-L-M-O-D-O. Got it. And what they end up doing is like, let's say you're selling something 
Imagine a t-shirt. Imagine letting people select the t-shirt, the size, and buying it all through the email without having to go to your website. In essence, people can interact within the emails. You can run surveys within the emails, polls within the emails. Instead of someone going to your website to engage, imagine them just being able to engage within the email that you just sent them. And we're finding the conversions to be somewhat decent, but the problem is the deliverability, or deliverability is the wrong word, but the placement of the emails uh, not being as great. We're finding the emails landing in the promotions tab a lot more. Uh, either way, it, you know, once we crack the nut on how to make sure the placement's great, we do believe it'll all start converting better in the long run. Dude, this is cool. I just sent it to to my the, my email guy. Um, retention.com. Remember we talked about this? Yeah. So originally retention.com, what it was doing was it would, um, let's say your e-commerce site and maybe it would match 60 to 50 to 60% of your visitors. They would do an email match and you could basically hit these people up. You can't really do this in Europe, you know, GDPR issues. Yeah. But in the US, you could do it. The challenge for like Anil and myself is like, well, we're B2B a lot. I mean, we are B2B, we're, we are B2B business. And so for just recently they launched this and I'm, I'm demoing it. I, I've seen the B2C version. It's great. So if you're B2C, check, check it out. The B2B, they have a B2B version now. It matches 40% of the emails. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It works pretty good. I'm going to test it out. I'll let you, <laughs> let you guys know. But the B2C version, so I'm giving you a little half and half right now. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I, I'd be curious to see how it works for you. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty curious as well. Uh, another thing that we're doing is we're looking at, so a lot of people use Google data studio or Tableau or whatever. Yeah. Or, or whatever you want for your data and analytics. One thing that we've been doing, we found some developers that I don't know what we paid them. I think we ended up spending like 18, $19,000. It was less than 20, but it was getting close to there. Cause I remember I had, I saw an internal thread of us complaining about like, whoa, uh, scope creep. It was supposed to be less than $5,000 and it's like more than three times the price. So I know we paid more than 15, but less than 20, and four times the price, uh, less than four, but more than three. And what we ended up doing is every time I go to a conference and ask people, how many of you guys log into your analytics on a daily basis? Most people don't raise their hand. When I say weekly, good portion, raise their hand monthly. A lot of people raise their hand, but when they ask how many of you guys are actually making changes and to your marketing based on what you're seeing in your analytics, very few people are actually raise their hand. Usually it's less than 5% of the room. And even the 5% that are raising their hand, when I dig in, most of them aren't actually making actionable changes based on their analytics data. What we, we spent, what we paid a developer for was we have our data going into one place and then we paid a developer to uh, leverage AI to analyze and come up with insights on what we can change. And every day it sends us over email nuggets of things that we can change based on what's happened in the past 24 hours. A lot of people ignore the nuggets. Uh, some people use some of the nuggets. Some people um, use all of the nuggets. Uh, very few actually use all the nuggets. And the main reason being is it's not perfect. But imagine having AI analyze your analytics for you. Uh, anyone can end up doing this. You can do it way cheaper than we ended up paying for it. So you had a dev custom script this? Yes, to come up with insights based on learnings that we have and then continue to learn and come up. Oh, cool. That's cool. Right, because you can end up telling them, like, here's how much a customer is worth for us. Here's our average lifetime value for the different channels. And you can start feeding data and be like, okay, cool. Can you help analyze your analytics and figure out where we're wasting money and where we should optimize more. And then it just goes and it starts analyzing and it starts giving you nuggets. But the reason I say it's off is, and it's not perfect is 
some of the things it's telling you to stop spending money on. Like, for example, like, oh, you're spending a lot on brand names is profitable, but you're already ranking. Well, so if when we stop spending, a lot of competitors bid on those terms. Mm -hmm. And what it does is it costs us a lot more revenue. So it's not perfect. Uh, that's just an easy example to break down where we ignore uh, the feedback. And we've been making a lot of changes based on that, but we find it to make the team just more efficient. Uh, and us to be better with where we're allocating our marketing dollars. I think that's important because, so just to double down on having a dev create something where it's not super expensive, anywhere from five to 20 grand. Um, we have our our devs, um, for, for like a customer success standpoint, we, because we use Gong for our conversational intelligence tool, it'll analyze the calls and then also score them and it'll also automatically put them into spreadsheet. So then you can see each week how the, how the client's doing on a scale of one to 10. And so nobody can like hide it. But we're also doing things where like from a time tracking standpoint, like we don't sell our time, but we do need to track our time internally. And so we can see there's like a leaderboard where it says like who's actually tracking who isn't. And so with the all these AI APIs now, you can build these things for pretty cheap and it just helps you have better business operations. Dude, speaking of tools, remember how you were going to re-release a content decay tool? Yeah. I think that would have been great because for us, we manually go and look at what pieces of content are declining in popularity. You know how much it cost me to do that? It's going to cost me 13 grand to do it. You should do it. Yeah, I'll probably do it. And then yeah. what we do is we have AI modify those articles and make them more up-to-date and then republish them. And we can get like 6 7 8% increases in traffic. It's not crazy but it all adds up at least from an seo standpoint here's one that that's interesting um there's this tool i saw i haven't used this yet so try at your own risk but it's called humantic.ai so human tic.ai have you heard of it no okay so what it does is it provides buyer intelligence to revenue teams so it'll give you like um it'll give you like their personality tests how to talk to them what they're interested in what they've been talking about so then you can have a more authentic conversation with people and that's interesting because i like a lot of salespeople, when they talk to you, it's very transactional. I rather them kind of understand who I am and know how to play the game and know what, how my personality and demeanor is. Yeah, but why are you smiling? It's so funny when you look at these tools. Like we can just keep naming off so many tools. The issue I find is because I even have blog posts where I just break down some tools. Most people don't use any of them, and I would say just take one of the tools Eric and I mentioned today, and if you use one of them, you'll be better off. I think that's a biggest thing that I see that people struggle with. And if you had, a, if I had to pick one, the easiest one is just dub your content. We already talked about it. Uh, dubbing's not bad. It doesn't work in every country and every language, but it gets some play in some regions and it's better than Let nothing. me give you one more before we go. But yes, we should just, fo you should just focus on one because the problem is it feels so good when you try a new tool. It's like the dopamine hit, but you actually don't get much done, but this one will get a lot done. <laughs> yes, that's the problem. Everyone spends so much time getting, using the tools instead of looking at the output. Yeah, but you know what? This episode feels good and people click on it because it feels good. Um, <laughs> so there's one that I guarantee you will use. Are you ready for this one? Yeah. All right. You, scheduler.ai. Okay, so here's what it does. It's you know how like sometimes you have to go to like your assistant, like um, let's say you loop me in, right? Or like, hey, Eric, uh, book, please book me for tomorrow at whatever time, right? Now this AI will do it for you. It's like if you want to say, hey, book it two weeks out at this time or whatever, or find time for us. Instead of needing an EA to do it, it costs you twenty five dollars a month, and I'll do it for you. You don't even need that tool. You don't even need anyone to do it. Uh, you know, you always tell me I need an EA, but I do everything manually and I don't really have that many scheduled calls so I don't even need any of this stuff. I oh. saved the $25. All right.